Morning, team. Welcome along. Just in case you thought it was Monday, it's Tuesday. I know we've had Monday. We've had the bank holiday. I spent it all in bed. It was so much nicer, I promise you. So much nicer. Anyway, it is great to have your company. Thank you, Christo. He's, he does this every time he does the overnights. He always ends up with something to do on the first day so that he doesn't get his proper sleep. And I've said to him, listen, go home. Of course, it's his father's birthday. He's got to take his father out. You know, I think a a, a man of his father's age can take himself out. You know, you you give him a fiver. You give him a travel card. You say, look, go go around London for the day. Here are a few places to visit. And I'll catch you next year. You know, once you've had one birthday, you've had them all, haven't you? When you get to a certain age, you don't really want to celebrate them anyway. He'll do it. He'll do it. Because he's a good son. That's what good sons do. You've got to take your parents out, take them out, show them a good time, get them drunk, you know, woo, go home with women. Like, well, maybe not that. And um, anyway, kicking off in town. Ta- we come through Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about his father. I was thinking about him. And then that's why I corrected myself. <laughs> but you go through Piccadilly Circus, nightmare tonight, police all over the place, you know... It must have been something happening, because there were lots of what I call feral youths, only these ones are driving cars, and they just sit there in the middle of the road, chatting to their friends who were leaning up against the car window. You go, excuse me? Hello, mate, it's a road. Move your little naff cut. Mind you, you've got some stupid little cars out there. I've got nothing against Renault 5 and Fiat owners, but frankly, it does look a bit silly when you're trying to be like coolest dude on the block and you're driving a, a Fiat 125. <laughs> Or a panda or something. It just looked stupid. Sorry about that, guys. But, uh, you know, cool is, is not, you know, packing six of your mates into a car because you look a bit stupid, OK? And uh, the pl- and they just they just sit there on the road and their mates... And you hoot. And their mates look at you and then just carry on. And you think, no, what I want is one of those guns on Doc 2 where you go... And they vanish before your eyes. <laughs> Fantastic. Could do with that a lot. And I did watch... I did watch Come Dine With Me with Michael Barrymore. And I have seen it, yes. I, I only caught it in the early hours of, sm- of this morning. Because yesterday, if you remember, I wasn't very well. In fact, that was an understatement. It was, it was absolutely one of my worst days ever, I think. And, uh, and Jonathan Levi brought in this coconut water, which I couldn't get for love nor money. Now, he, he paid over the odds, because it's, it's about half that price in Holland. And Bar- he paid about three ninety nine for a thing. And I, th- I think you can get about one one seventy nine in Holland and Barrett. So I was drinking that this morning. And, you know, it's really nice. And he didn't take to it. He said, oh, I don't really like this coconut. He said, it doesn't taste very good. Well, of course, I've drunk coconut water before. Because all you do is you just buy a coconut, cut, cut the top off, and you stick a straw in, and you just drink it. And it's really nice. It's full of potassium. And somebody said, you don't want too much potassium. But there's no fat. It's got all sorts of health benefits. And apparently, all the celebs are drinking it. It's like the new thing. So I stuck it in the fridge. Well, ice cold, it's even better. It really is lovely. So I had some of that this morning. And do you know, I got through things, whether it was that... Or, or just sort of the, the fact it was Tuesday, I've got no idea. So I, I drink this this morning, I get through my shave in record times, because you know what it's like, girls, when you start doing your legs? And I'm mean, zip, 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 zip. My, my Gillette lady shave was chock-a-block, so I managed to get all of that sort of finished. I then, I jump in the shower, well, I say jump, I climb gingerly, because I think jumping is something you don't do at my age. And then I get out the shower, get myself ready, and start watering the hanging baskets, because yesterday I was feeling so ill... I didn't have the strength to water. I thought, they're going to die, they're going to die. Oh, I don't care, they'll die, I'll just buy another one. And so I did, in fact, water the baskets this morning. I did a good, a good uh, ten minutes of watering the baskets. And I felt much better about it. And I looked at the weather and I thought, what a miserable, blooming bank holiday weather we've had. It wasn't very exciting at all. Much better the day before, I think. Much better. Um, apart from that, Sarah Ferguson saying she was drunk. It's not an excuse, though, is it? I was trying to explain to somebody earlier on, you know, we get, oh, I feel sorry for Sarah Ferguson. She's 50, for God's sake. She's not a five-year-old. It's not old diddums. She's 50. As Johnny Bryant said, she's got millionaire 
lifestyle, but only an economy ticket. And he would know. He sucked her toes. And we saw all the... I mean, why you'd want your toes sucked? I've got no idea. I always remember something... I know it feels quite... I know. I remember years and years ago, somebody said, would you like your toes sucked? Not really, no. Yeah, somebody asked. One of my bosses, I think. But no, yes, hello, would you like your toes sucked today? No, not really, no. I don't quite understand why you'd ever want anybody to do that. But I did sit in the back... Oh, well, no, it doesn't matter. So we'll move on to something else. I think it's so much easier not to talk about toe sucking, because I just don't understand it at all. It's like people want to play with your ears. Why do people want to play with your ears? You know, people go, I've just put my tongue in your ear. No! Don't put your... T- get it out! Drives you mad. All these horrible things. No, don't do it again, Amanda. She's got her Yasser Arafat look on today again. This is the... <laughs> she's obviously looked at an old picture of him and she's decided that this is he's a style icon for her, so she's, she's wearing it. And then I watched the Yesterday Channel. I was watching all sorts of things yesterday and the Yesterday Channel was doing... They do Nazi hunters and they track them down and one of them was Himmler. And Himmler... Uh, after the war, tried to change his appearance, got rid of the glasses, took off the moustache and everything else, and tried to blend in. And with a lot of the uh, the Nazis who'd worked in the death camps like Treblinka, many of them were actually employed. In fact, some of the top ones were employed by the Americans because they knew about interrogation. So it became really quite difficult. You remember, uh, was it uh, Demianyuk? Was it John Demianyuk? Who was, who was said to be a, a guard at Treblinka. Turned out not to have been Treblinka but another death camp, and they were doing a story on him, and he, he got away. The first time round, it turned out it wasn't his right name, so they went through the court case, and they couldn't find him at all, and he got prosecuted, and then they went, oh, sorry, made a mistake, so they let him off, but the Nazi hunters went after him again because they knew he'd done something, and they got him, and uh, finally they did get him. But in the case of Himmler, uh, they arrested him quite by chance. They didn't know it was him until he obviously decided, look, I'll, I'll put my hands up and see if I can get away with this. And uh, he put his glasses on and immediately there was Himmler. So, of course, he was arrested. They went through the trial. He was found guilty. And uh, they searched him because they knew that most of the people who worked in the death camps, most of the Nazi hierarchy, uh, carried cyanide pills. And they were generally sewn into their clothing. So if they were caught, they could take the cyanide pill. And there was always a debate over Himmler. Whilst he was being searched and they'd stripped him to search him, the doctor looked in his mouth and then looked, wait a minute, and looked again and got a torch and saw the cyanide capsule in the side of his mouth. By the time they'd actually gone to put his hand in his mouth, Himmler had bitten on it and within seconds he was dead. And the debate raged after the war as to whether or not the Brits let him kill himself because, frankly, it saved a very expensive trial and, and, uh, and an execution. They'd already built the gallows for him. They, they were all prepared to execute him. Within, within hours, he'd taken his own life. But, as I say, nobody shed any tears. And they buried him uh, in an area of the, uh, of the house where he was, but they, it was never marked. They, th- they said in case it became a, a shrine. But it was, it was really quite, quite amazing, the, the, uh, the people behind the Nazi hunters, how, how much effort they have to go to to try and find where these people are. You remember Simon Wiesenthal? They had exactly the same, trying to find out the people who committed all these atrocities. And, uh, and it does seem that we go through this almost on a, on a daily basis if you open up the newspapers. It's terrible with sort of people being killed. This, uh, this Israeli attack, 19 people killed by Israeli troops last night. A disastrous raid on uh, a Gaza-bound aid ship. And that's going to rage today. There'll be lots of people talking about that. There's also uh, the self-styled crossbow cannibal, Stephen Griffiths, who said he had a vision he'd be locked up in a jail dubbed Monster Mansion. I mean, 
it's almost like the, 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 these people want to be infamous. They want to do something that is so shocking that, that when somebody eventually says, are you this person, they go, yep. And they're quite matter-of-fact about it. Although the body parts that they found in the river the other day, after they'd found the original body parts, turned out to be animals. And they weren't, uh, they weren't the prostitutes that they were looking for at all. Tom Cruise has reckoned that uh, David Beckham will land a starring role in the next World Cup when he's pushing 40. Tom, love, I don't think so. It's very sweet, but, it's, you know, it's just not going to happen. And uh, good old Daniel Radcliffe has revealed he dreams of playing superhero Spider-Man. I see no reason why Daniel Radcliffe shouldn't do that. He can do everything else. He can absolutely do everything else. I have a lot of, lot of time for him. Absolutely fantastic. Great. Anybody can stand on stage and take the clothes off, you know, whilst you're stone cold sober. I think that is, that is some achievement, ladies and gentlemen. Some achievement. Uh, and I didn't watch Britain's Got Talent, mainly because I wasn't feeling actually up to it, and I really, I don't think the heart would have stood it. But apparently, uh, Spellbound are through. They've now dyed their hair and they've put a few more clothes on. Amanda Holden had to have, to, had to have her, her picture taken, taken with them as well. They got rid of Olivia Archbold. Remember, she was the one whose nerves got the better of her. I wasn't a fan. And to be honest with you, I'm a bit bored with Tobias Mead. I don't want to see another street dancer on the television. I'm a bit bored with street dancers. For that reader, misspent uh, childhood. You know, I can understand Spellbound because that's actually, you know, a good act. But again, it's only a hundred grand, fellas. There's 13 of you. You need to cut back on some of them. Diversity haven't made very much money. You won't either if you win. And I think you can, you can definitely win. Oh, they, 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 got, they got rid as well of the uh, regurgitator because he swallowed Amanda Holden's ring, her engagement ring, and, um, and then wanted to bring it up again later. Lovely. That Elizabeth Duke jewellery, it really comes up a treat, doesn't it? You buff it up like that, it's great. Uh, and out was the camp comic, Kevin Cruz. Good. These are, you have to think, at the end of the day, the Queen has got to sit through this. And I don't think she wants to sit through a regurgitator. It's not really an act you can do on stage at the Royal Variety. It's not really. It's, it's, it's a little bit, little bit worrying at the, uh, the best of times. Uh, Ali Ross today. I do like Ali Ross. He generally says, can you make it colder in here? I know. Christo has it so hot. I know. Yesterday I had the boys. The boys were sitting in there. It was like we were on holiday in Magaluf. All we needed was a drunk girl from Lancashire to sort of make it complete. And we were there. It was boiling. She's got the house at Arifat. Look on. So, uh, other stories in the papers today. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's a fascinating look. It really is. Just needs the hat and we're there. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's just a scarf. Yeah, not just a scarf at all. There's a lovely picture of the paper today of, uh, of some roses that they've dyed different colours. Because a friend of mine used to have a florist years ago down in Isleworth. I don't think it's there anymore, shame. And... Um, and she did the, 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 the flowers for my mum's funeral. Because my mum didn't... My mum was one of those people that don't, don't waste money on flowers. She said, don't waste money on... So we went, oh, right. You sure? She went, no, I don't want any flowers. She said, it's, it's a terrible waste of money. So, um, so I thought, oh, but you've got to have something. You don't like to not have... So of course, there was only one wreath, and that was from LBC. So we come out... You know when you, you come outside and they go, and here are your flowers. And of course, my mum had this one wreath sitting in the middle. It looked really sad. <laughs> really sad. And, and then the worst thing is, the funeral director take a photograph of all your flowers, and they put all the cards, and they do them in an album. So we had one photograph in the album with a card. So embarrassing. I said to my mum afterwards, because you do, you talk to people, and I said, one wreath. I said, how embarrassing, from LBC. I can't remember what she said. But we, we also did one of those nice 
sprays on top of the coffin, because they look quite good. But strangely enough, that the lady used to run the florist shop, the reason I was telling you this, is because she used to dye flowers for funerals and weddings, and the best flowers to dye were carnations, because they have capillary action. And so she used to sit a bucket of carnations, white ones, in a bucket of, say, blue vegetable dye, and it would draw up the colour, and it would tinge the leaves blue. So I'd mention that to you this morning, because it's Tuesday. And I thought, I'm having one of my funny turns, so I might as well share it with you. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. Israeli police are questioning hundreds of international activists arrested aboard Turkish-backed aid ships bound for Gaza. David Cameron said yesterday's interception, which left nine people dead, was unacceptable. Fresh talks begin later to try and resolve the British Airways cabin crew dispute. A staff staged the third day of another five-day strike. And the Duchess of York claimed she'd been drinking before she was caught offering access to her ex-husband for cash. Let's have a check on the stage of the roads for you. Get there nice and quick being Tuesday. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. More well, problems for the M20 in Kent. Don't forget, Andrew Pearce will be getting up now and applying the polyfiller. He's in for uh, the Nick Ferrari this morning. I saw him yesterday, actually. He's a, ch- he's a cheery little soul. He's a very cheery little soul. So he'll be in this morning for Nick Fry because Nick's uh, on holiday this week, sitting somewhere on a beach with his shirt off. Although we did discover the other day, because I said on air, I thought I was going to get myself into trouble, that he's had a spray tan. And I think he, he'd been quite honest. And apparently it's worked quite well on the face and on the body, but the legs apparently are very streaky. And the reason we know this is because Clive, not Clive Bull, Clive Jones, who drives the breakfast show, said to me, said, he said, he's actually shown us his legs, he said, and they've gone streaky. I said, well, that's, that, you, you have to just sit on the beach with your trousers on because you can't have streaky legs. Anyway, Ali Ross talking today about uh, a number of things which always interest me. Um, first of all, the David Dickinson show, he says, is without doubt the worst daytime chat show in TV history, which is exactly what I said the other day. You have never seen a bigger pile of doggy doos than you have in this programme. A, the man is so false... He couldn't present any, anybody who smiles, as you now know from Christo's show and from me yesterday. If somebody smiles, hello, it's false. You've got to work up to a smile. Mm, hello. That works a little bit better. But if you just go, like David Dickinson, you know he's smarmy. And unfortunately, smarmy on a television chat show does not work. The problem with, with David Dickinson is he's, he's a naff presenter. What he does is he a shouts. Which is, which is not very good on television, because they've got, they're wearing microphones. You don't need to shout. That The sound people are going, don't shout. Just talk normally. I know you think if you shout, the studio audience can hear you. And then every time I see him, I just have, I see the word crook. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm, it's just, it grates on me that he, he smarms his way through the public, the very people that he cheated years ago, and he served seven years in prison. It was a major crime. Not like two years, seven years. Unfortunately, he is still committing crime on the television by appearing on it. Because it's a crime to decent presenters. It's a crime that he's actually sitting there and being given money for presenting this pile of rubbish. It's dreadful. I mean, he doesn't bother learning his guests' names. That hasn't stopped other people either. He's unable to read an auto cue that's fonted up like the Hollywood sign, hardly does any research, talks over people almost continuously, and rubs them up like a Swedish back massage from Edward Scissorhands. Now, that's what Ali Ross is saying. The one thing that I find unforgivable is somebody who knows nothing about their guests. You can always tell when somebody is bone-idle, when they say, oh, with me in the studio I've got so-and-so, so-and-so. OK, why don't you tell us your names and what you're here to talk about? Now, that, to me, is lazy. It's cost, it costs nothing. You're supposed to learn about the people you work with. 
Like when I started working with Yasser Arafat next door, she came in with various outfits and we went through it. I went, don't wear that, don't wear that, shirt's too short, short, you know, don't wear that one there, skirt, okay, perhaps some leggings would go better. And you have to try and create an image. It's the only way it works. Unfortunately, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. However, part of the charm of this uh, David Dickinson show is the vivid orange wallpaper into which Dickinson's head vanishes for large chunks of the show. So all viewers can see is a disembodied pimp suit that appears to be suffering from what's about Tourette's. What about your album? What about Strictly? What about Ferrets? I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a cheap, cheap show. Until I watched Peter Andre's show the other day. <sighs> the hype was there for it. On comes Pizzy Boy, looking like he's been dipped in toffee. And again, bit smarmy. Little bit smiley, smiley, Carol, smiley. Little bit bad auto-cue reading, but thank God the programme's pre-recorded. Because if it was live, it would have been the biggest unmitigated disaster. And it's obviously made by Paul O'Grady's show. It's made by Paul O'Grady's company. Same voiceover, same uh, studio people, as far as I know. And, uh, and I was watching it, and there were copious mentions of Paul O'Grady. Paul O'Grady sent us in this, Paul O'Grady, and I'm thinking, ah, it's his company that makes it. Why they picked Peter Andre? I suppose because they thought, uh, well, he's, he's a bit of a novelty. Oh, yes, he's only doing for two weeks. Every two weeks, they've got other people. But, uh, well, you see, see, the trouble is, Barbara could probably do it very well. I'd like to see Scott and Barbara doing it too, but that's another story. And uh, so I watched Peter Andre, and who did he have on? Louis Walsh, who they bill as the man who's sort of controversial. Well, the one thing Louis Walsh isn't is controversial. He's a sweet little old grey-haired man from Ireland who, you know, who likes the boys, and he, he, he votes for them, and he's, he's looked after, but he's not controversial. When we were asked, when he was asked yesterday in one of the inane questions that emanated from Paul Peter Andrex's mouth, you know, about so-and-so, so-and-so, he just goes, well, you know, I like Simon, I can't, and he doesn't say anything. He absolutely doesn't say anything. And then when he came on and Peter Andre said, you know, you're really loved, and I thought, well, obviously reading the wrong papers. And Louis Walsh goes, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And he doesn't say anything. He, he really didn't say anything at all. I wanted him to be controversial about Piers Drogan and about Simon. Who he said, the only thing I learnt about Simon was he never swears. And the only thing I learnt about Peter Andre is you should never, ever be allowed to present on television ever again. Because, you've, A, you've got one of those really annoying Aussie voices. And there's the, the something... Yes, every, you know, so... Uh, and, and then he goes, he, he's doing a bit about barbecuing. And I'm thinking, how naff barbecuing, you know, for an Australian. Oh, my God, how dull was that? Uh, and then we had a bit with cream pies, and that was really naff. Uh, and then we had a bit where Peter tried to be funny, and then we had another bit where Peter wasn't very funny, and that was the main show. Uh, and then, luckily, we had the credits, and it was then that we all breathed a sigh of relief, because it, it, it was about as boring as watching Richard and Judy on one of their better days. You know, where Judy sat there staring into the scenery, wishing that she was back at home writing a novel. And Richard, who's still desperately trying to forge a career in television, which isn't happening, was sitting there trying to make Judy look a bit silly and talking all over her. I used to get so angry with Richard and Judy. I think, will you shut up, Richard? Let her... She's trying to get a question out. I know she started last week, but let her get the question out. And he would finish the question for her. So now you've got Dick and Dumb, and that's uh, the David Dickinson show. And when it comes to obituaries... All the usual people are going to get a mention, I'm afraid, today. Celebrity Love Island, Andy Townsend's tactics truck, the great phone line scandal and Piers Morgan's stint as a talent show judge. Add to that, of course, the Mari Celeste of Travelogues, All at Sea. This is with Richard Maidley, somebody called Dawn Porter, who, frankly, was as boring as heck, Bradley Walsh, Nick Hancock, 
and the tugboat of all tugboats, Rosemary Schrager. And there they all were. This remarkable enterprise, which kicked off its final week. I thought it had finished weeks ago, but apparently it's still going. With the mouth-watering promise, the celebrities will take in the bleak Dickensian landscape of the Medway. But first stop, Eastbourne. And so it goes on, I'm afraid. They went to Ramsgate, they talked about the little boats, and, uh, you know, Richard Madeley, a little bit embarrassing for the poor boy. You know, one time programme host, the Richard now resorted to being a desperate celebrity. Well, I say sort of celebrity, it's a bit like watching a makeover, which has got something called Pod on it. And I don't know what Pod is, it's a computer, and it's done by some girl, and it's snog, marry, avoid... And they put it on the early hours of the morning where, where they go out to clubs and pick up the ugliest dogs you've ever seen and then go, let's see what you look like without your makeup. And, and they always look quite sweet. And one of them, oh, I'm, and they say, can you take your hair extensions out? So she took her hair extensions out to prove that, by oh, God, she needed them in because she had this, oh, just, oh, I can't even describe how awful the hair was. She stuck false eyelashes on. She troweled her makeup on. And, of course, every single person who they asked on the street, you know, how old is this girl? 21, 27, 32. And they all went 27. She sadly was 21. She was the oldest-looking 21 you've ever seen. Old, haggard, troweled on makeup, a bit like Jodie Marsh. My God, whatever happened to Jodie Marsh? Disappeared completely. And so they, they, they put this, and then they take all her makeup off and put her in, you know, normal hair. And she looked quite acceptable. And they said, what do you think of the look? And she said, I like it. I thought, so why do you want to dress like a tramp? You go out to clubs. The sort of men who leer all over you are the sort of men who, who pay for things like that. You just, you make yourself look cheap. You do yourself no favours whatsoever. And then they have a few queenie boys on there as well who sort of dress up and think they're being very flamboyant as opposed to, oh my God, there's that Larry Queen we could avoid in the club. That's how it works. And then, as if it couldn't get any worse, on they bring her. Bianca Gascoigne, who had a, I thought, we've really scraped the barrel out. It was at that moment I pushed the off button. So I never realised, you know, just how boring poor old uh, so-and-so could be. Uh, other programmes on the television. Um, GMTV Wednesday, Andrew Castle, talk show host, presenter, actress. Is there anything Angela Griffin can't do? Talk show host, presenter, actress. OK, all still worrying down at GMTV. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day. And uh, this friend of mine is, is quite, quite well in with the manager. I think there's going to be carnage. I think they're going to get rid of everybody. In the same way, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, it'd be lovely to see a bit more of Robbie Williams on the television. Because Robbie, the robster, cause, yeah, flew in to, uh, to town the other day to sort out sport aid. This is where him and Jonathan Wilkes and a few NAF celebrities... Yeah, sorry, Jonathan Wilkes again. I'm sorry. That's the only claim to fame that Jonathan Wilkes has. His best friend is Robbie Williams. I know. But they both play football. They have to. It's the only exercise that the robster gets nowadays. And he flies over and they do that. And then they, uh, they sort of try and sell out Wembley or wherever it is. They never sell it out because most of the people you've never heard of. But it's a good kick around and it raises some money for charity. So you can't, you can't knock it. A bit like the other day, Ollie Muirs. Remember Ollie? No, that's showbiz. We've all forgotten about Ollie Moores. But anyway, he was, he was out doing a celebrity golf game. Uh, sorry, a celebrity football match. And I was looking at the pictures of him in a stadium. Three quarters of the seats were empty. It was a little bit embarrassing. But anyway, going back to Robbie Williams. Uh, they, they said, wouldn't it be lovely to actually get Robbie Williams to do a documentary, a fly on the wall? You know, about Robbie Williams' glamorous lifestyle in America and, and you know, what, what the robster does, you know, his celebrity friends he hangs around with. And apparently... Now, I'm probably talking out of school. The agent said, listen, there's not. 
And they said, why? And he said, he just watches Sky Television. Doesn't do anything else. And I remember, you remember Midgeur told us ages ago on uh, That Reminds Me, uh, he said Robbie Williams phones people up and says, do you want a game of football? And flies them out to America. That's the only contact he's got. He doesn't have anything else to do. He's losing a million. He bought a house over here about a year ago. He never moved into it because, A, the house had been on the market for ages, and, B, it's, it's nice, but it's not really that nice. It's a bit silly for sort of, you know, tubby boy from Stoke to waddle around in because it's too big. You don't need a big, big house like that. You just need something that's all compact, like a Barrett home. And, and so Robbie is having to sell it. Already they've had to knock a million quid off the asking price because it ain't shifting. And, that, and that's when you think he needs to do something. He only seems to be happy when he's touring, but apparently the last time he toured, he said he got so stressed out that it's, it's a bit of a stressful... To, I thought, well, how can it be stressful singing a few songs? I mean, he, he doesn't even... See, the producer become as bitter as me. She just said, shouting my headphones. He doesn't even sing them. The audience sing the songs. This from Yasser Arafat at this time of the morning. I mean, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, where would we be without... without... without anything? Probably here, I should imagine. This is LBC 97... 28 minutes to six is at the time. John in Bangkok says, oh, so she'd been drinking. Well, that's all right, then. This is Sarah Ferguson, who, strangely enough, doesn't tell us... She waits almost a week in America until they airbrush her, or as I call it, hosing her down for the Oprah Winfrey show, because the makeup is completely different. If you look at the picture on the front of the uh, Daily Mail today, you'll see how old Sarah Ferguson is looking. Even Christo mentioned it earlier. He said, you look at this picture, and in fact, I showed you that she's, she's 50. You're allowed to look 50. On, on American television, because much of it is HD, and we've got an HD television in one of the studios at LBC. And I was talking to our newsreader overnight, and she said, Oh, my God, have you seen what people look like on HD television? I said, Mm-hmm. I said, Why do you think they've, they've developed a new makeup? And it's spray. They put a fine spray on now, because if you just look like a normal person, and you go on table with your makeup, you look awful. Because it's so unforgiving. It's absolutely... Why do you think I don't do television? Because I'm too attractive, and on HD I'd look even more attractive. A bit worrying. So we, so we don't do things like that. So, so Sarah goes to America. No, no forgiving side to her whatsoever. You know, just carries on blindly. As so Johnny Bryant says, she's got millionaire attractions, but only a, an economy ticket. She can't manage her own finances. Her children have to help her out. I mean, how embarrassing is that for a 50-year-old? She's had every opportunity under the sun. She's had a privileged lifestyle. She's never done a day's work, really. Not like proper work, like normal... Because I'm sorry, if you call charity turning up for a few committees work, then you're living in cloud cuckoo land. You know, I'm just turning up, I'm Sarah Dutch of York. Bow, curtsy, do something. I'm royal. And you think, no, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. But then we wait a week and then she pops up on Oprah Winfrey. Now, I don't know whether or not Oprah Winfrey pays a fee. I'm assuming there must be something that goes with it, like a hotel or a gift. They always do gift bags. Strangely enough, the Richard and Judy gift bags weren't bad. They had to tempt people onto a programme, so they would, they would give you gifts. And it could be makeup or champagne, a bit like going to the Oscars, where the gift bag this year, was it worth $100,000? It was, whatever it was, it was... I think the, the gift bag for this show is, is a Mars bar and a crunchy. <laughs> that's, a, that's if you're lucky. <laughs> Or a giant strawberry. <laughs> giant strawberry. <laughs> oh, dear. Steve, says Stephen Arlington, I have a cure for the boy races and dinky toys. I look down at them from my 32-ton truck and I give them a choice. Move it or lose it. See, I'd be like that as well. I'd be like that as well. Because 
these silly little girls who are cruising around Piccadilly, and it's always, it's, it's the girly boys, all sit together in the back, and we've got our, our sort of, you know, hoodies up, and we've got little scarves wrapped round our head, looking like you're about to read a fortune or something like that. Also, all crammed in the back, because there's no room, because, you know, the, the poor bloke who went, and, they, and, we, we just, and they, they haven't got any money, so they just sort of park up in the middle of the road, talk to their friends... And then, then they go home to bed. What I want to do is follow them home and sit outside the house and have a big party. Beep, 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 beep. Just see how they like it. Come on, Steve, we know what was happening yesterday, says George. With you being late in, you were playing with your two... Yes, I am jealous. iPads. Actually, I was playing with one of my iPads. I didn't have the energy to do anything yesterday. I mean, I was absolutely out for lunch, I'm afraid, in the morning. In fact, you, you can listen to the podcast unless it's been cut out, because I'm here for ten minutes, and then I just have to go. I have to go, uh, because I was, I was just in danger of collapsing. And of course, it wasn't helped by Alex, who came out to me. As I'm sitting at the end of the corridor, I'm thinking, oh, don't, not, not good. And he said, Steve, do you want to go to the toilet and make yourself sick? I went, no! <laughs> he says that apparently makes you feel better. No! I didn't feel like doing anything. It was horrible. Really, it was horrible. But some people say that, don't they? But I'm just not that kind of person. I'll do anything to avoid being ill. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a good ill person. I moan about it all the time. Oh, dear. Uh, Dee says, pinch and a punch. Oh, gosh, we're down to that, aren't we? June the 1st, pinch and a punch for the first day of the month and no returns. That's to all of you in case you're going to do it to me. Punch and a, pick for, a kick for being so quick. What else do we do on the 1st of the month? Oh, you've got to say white rabbits, haven't you? Yeah, white rabbits, right. Why you've got to say white rabbits? I've got no idea. She says, glad to hear you're better today. I saw the promo for the Barrymore come dine with me. I couldn't watch the show. He won. He won. He won, yes, because he scored them low. I want to know, though, the one thing about Barrymore. Whose house was he in? Because they said, this is a house that he shares with friends. Now, I'm looking at this house and I'm thinking, it's a bit Essex. It was... That was my tummy, yes. It was a little... I was hoping to talk over it and hope nobody noticed. And I was looking at the house thinking... I mean, Anthea, Anthea Redfern liked it. I liked bits of it. Some of it were a bit tacky. It looked a bit Essex to me. The kitchen was okay. The waiting staff, I didn't think, were very good at all. I really didn't, because they had a butler open the door. Too young for a butler. I'm sorry. Butlers have to be a certain age because they have to know the household, because the butler runs the household. That's how it works in society. This boy looked like he wanted him from an agency, and they just dressed him up. Uh, They were agency. Oh, right. Ah, right. Oh, that, that's why. Because they, he was way too young to be a butler, opening the door. And I looked at the house and I thought, so this is where Barrymore's living. Now, bearing in mind he's not worked, I don't know what the fee is for Come Dine With Me, but now he's got the £1,000. I thought the fee for Come Dine With Me was, was actually for them paying for the food. But he did Chateaubriand, which, which Anthea Redfern said was the best she'd ever tasted. It looked a bit raw for me. I, I can't do raw fish. Uh, sorry, raw uh, raw meat at all. And uh, and the first bit didn't look too good. The dessert was OK, but it was creme brulee. And you can't go wrong with creme brulee. Keep it simple. But I just kept looking at the house and looking at Barrymore, who, as Jenny Powell said, and I'm not the biggest Jenny Powell fan, um, she said they're all acting. They're all... They're on stage. Barrymore was doing his routine, which is... It wasn't until the very last night when he was in his own house where... Because I think in Jenny Powell's house they were throwing the trifle around... Well, I'd have laid him out. Excuse me, mate, you're doing what? Yes, in his own house, he was on best behaviour. Everybody else's house, he was a complete a complete prune. Ruined everybody's night and ruined everybody's dinner party. I wanted to just sort of pick up some of his food and throw it at the wall and go, ha, 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 that's funny, isn't it? Like you did in my house. 
I'd have done that because because he was there. And I thought, no, mate, you've done the act. We've seen the act. Stop playing up. You're not going to ingratiate yourself to anybody this way. You know, there is still a Michael Barrymore show on the uh, on the wall. They've already it's, it was recorded and it's been sitting there for ages ever since this uh, this sort of disaster loomed. And now, of course, he doesn't drink which is probably just as well, because when you look at some of his uh, past performances, frankly, I begin to wonder whether it was drink, because he was behaving like that at uh, Anthea Redfern's house, where he, was just, he just dropped the plate on the floor, and I thought, I'd love to have done it. Pat Sharp's house, was it? Was that Pat Sharp's house? Blimey. Mm. I wonder what Pat Sharp was doing on it, though. I mean, I... I've... Yeah, he, he was quite sweet, but the trouble is, yeah, don't ever go on a show where there's at least two more people with a bigger personality than you. Because it just makes you look a bit naff, and that's why you end up being a bit cheesy. I always remember Pat Sharp from years ago. He used to have this long hair at the back. It was this sort of... It looked like a, sort of the kind of thing that a woman with tattoos who lives on a trailer park in America... Yes. Yeah, two different... It was this... I think it was a mullet, they called it, or something like that. Really looked awful. But uh, I wanted them to throw food at Michael Barrymore just for him to say, Stop it! This is not my house! But they didn't. So they, they lost out on that one, I'm afraid. Uh, here's the financial advisor again. Do you know, sucking Fergie's toes 18 years ago, and uh, Johnny Bryan admitted he wasn't surprised she's deep in scandal. He says that uh, she always wanted a first-class lifestyle on an economy ticket. That's quite a good line, actually. God, I bet they've, they've paid good money for that. Paid good money for that. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Uh, this is... Uh, and why do, oh, I'll tell you what I don't want to win. Britain's Got Talent. This blasted dancing dog, Tina Humphrey and, and Chandy... And Louis Walsh was droning on about it. And I'm thinking, no, this, this act has been around for 15 years. It's not new. Let's have something new. Let's have something vibrant. Not a dog that dances, for goodness sake. She said, I'm very anxious to see uh, what everybody thinks about us. Well, I'm bored with you, dear. I'm bored. I don't want to see a dancing dog, I'm afraid. I, I really don't. Reminds me of a joke I can't tell you this morning. Uh, Jan in South Norwood. It's nice to see you're back on vitriolic form this morning. I think I'm quite mild today, actually. Quite mild. And, uh, Steve, could you help me? What's the difference between coconut water and coconut milk? I've never seen coconut water. It's in a coconut. Coconut milk is made by taking all the flesh out and pounding it, and you get coconut milk. And the coconut water is when you cut the top of the coconut off and pour that stuff out. It's clear. It's coconut water. And it's very good for you, apparently. Check it out on the internet. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to overhype it, because I've tried it for a day. Madonna swears by it. She goes, where's that bloody one? And she, yeah, <laughs> I, I quite liked it. It, 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 it is quite, quite good. What, what the benefits are for me, I've got no idea. But it meant that I watered the baskets, and I'm going to go and water them again when I get home, because I'm frightened they're going to die. Not with coconut water, though. But, it's, I mean, I wonder how much, if you can overdose. Somebody said don't have too much potassium. And to be honest with you, I don't know what, what potassium does. It's, it's in bananas. That's right, it says... Ah, Peter Andre collapsed because he's had too many bananas. Hmm. Well, there you go. Actually, it was so lovely because they had Patsy Palmer on. And Patsy Palmer's mum listens to this programme. And Patsy Palmer was saying to Peter, she said, I, I, I invited you back to our house when I saw you at the gym, but uh, you obviously just thought I was some mad woman. Then Peter tried to backtrack, because the trouble is Peter is a bit... Because he's, he's, he's sort of grown up. Well, in recent years, ever since he married that old bag from Brighton, he's, he's sort of got used to having the cameras around. Before then, he was walking around Larnaca by himself because he was working in his brother's gym. He didn't have a two-in. And so all of a sudden, he's only got this. And she said all the paparazzi were out. And he said, no, they're out for you as well. And I thought, it's no good being smarmy. You know, we know what, what it's like. 
And as I say, you're only famous, Pete, because you got together with her in the jungle. Good career move. Very, very good career move. And then she was saying, oh, you must bring your, your children over because, you know, because Prince is really attractive. She never mentioned the other one. And, uh, which I thought was a bit of a shame, because Princess is lovely in her own little way, isn't she? And, uh, somebody else has written in, <laughs> Rob, and says, I've been looking at the new photos. I don't wish to be rude about Alan Dodgen, but has he been on the donuts? Or is it just that he's standing next to you and looks bigger in comparison to your slim and athletic frame? Don't let him hear that. He's slimmer than I am. He's slimmer than I am. He said, maybe you should restrict his breakfast intake. <gasps> you know what people are not doing in this country? They're not, strange enough, um, this contradicts what I told you last week, they're not having cooked breakfasts. No, I thought they were saying the other week we're all eating cooked breakfasts. I mean, I, I don't have a cooked breakfast. I've had my porridge this morning, but uh, a cooked breakfast occasionally would be nice, but it just makes me ill. I know, you see, yeah. Yasser says it's too much first thing in the morning. Far too much for you, isn't it? She, she'd rather have sort of a bowl of muesli or eat a coconut mat or something. You know, she's a bit like that. Vegetarian. You know what vegetarians are like? Mm, vegetarian. The moment I mentioned coconut milk, her little eyes lit up. You could almost see, oh, coconut milk. Oh, I think I'll have to get somebody to go and get some of that. It's very expensive, Drew. It's only for rich people. It's for celebrities, not for you. <laughs> She'll come back in and go, it's £1.89. Bought a case. Actually, I can order it online from Holland and Barrett for you. I'll just get it sent to you, shall I? Have it sent to home. Yeah, why not? In exchange for the DVD player. That'll be nice. Noreen says... You've used it, did you? I was so happy for you. Uh, I was using my iPad this morning in the office. Yeah. Playing with my iPad. Yes, can I really use it? Of course I can really... I can... I can really use it. I was watching... I, 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 I downloaded a film. I put up on it. And I've got the magic piano. And, uh no, I did it. And this morning I put on the stars where you can hold the iPad up to the sky at night and it homes in on the GPS and it shows you what's in the sky above you, what the stars are, and then you move it round and the whole sky moves. Well, because it's, it's, because it's here, because it's on the iPad, because it's true. Well, because I know Ursula Minor and Orion and Orion's belt and his trousers and everything else up there. I know all of that. <laughs> I know everything about the heavens. And so I've, I've got, but you, you can do that. And also I've got a great map and it's very good. And you put in your address, it'll show you the local camera next to you. So I can sit here and look at the camera on Twickenham Bridge and the camera that's aimed at the front of your house. Okay, I can do that one too. Uh, Noreen went to a lovely garden centre at Codicott near Wellin, I think. She says, I think. I'm never sure whether that's right. I think I went to, I think it was called Codicott. She says, please take it easy. She said, I do worry about you. I worry about myself, and I worried more yesterday than any other time, I think. Quarter to six is the time. It's LBC 97.3. These are the headlines. President Barack Obama has told the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, he wants all the facts after the interception of the flotilla of aid ships, which left nine people dead. Police were investigating after a man and two teenagers were stabbed in the same part of West London over the bank holiday weekend. And Sarah Ferguson's given an interview in the state saying she'd been drinking when she was filmed apparently offering to sell access to her husband, Prince Andrew. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. It's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. For the coastbound M20, there are still two lanes. Morning, 13 to 6 is the time. It's Tuesday. I'm only telling you Tuesday because I'm going to get loads of people going, where's Monday? You've had Monday. You've had the bank holiday. You've been out. Remember, it was overcast. It wasn't very nice. And now it's Tuesday. But the good news is it's a short week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, back to the weekend again. Nick Ferrari's on holiday. 
So Andrew Pierce is going to be here this morning. Uh, Amanda Platell is going to be doing the uh, the papers today. They're going to be talking about uh, alcohol, and they're going to be talking about another weekend of violence in the capital. Apparently, there were, the, the BBC was stormed in Manchester with doors broken and stuff like that. They're going to be talking about uh, the anti-knife crime, which is going on. Uh, and uh, what else today? Oh, yes, Gail Cartmail campaigns to become leader of Unite. That's a good idea. They've got to sort things out, haven't they? At the moment, we seem to be going through a dreadfully messy period. Just when you thought it was all going to go really well, we're going through another messy period. Piccadilly Circus, last night when I came in, was like a war zone. And, uh, and Amanda said when she came in, it was just terrible. You know, almost like running battles again in the street. And this has just got to stop. There's, you need more police, because unfortunately, at the time you're coming in, this is when the police are coming to the end of their shift. And you do get these feral youths who are quite liber- literally out for trouble. And I think it's about time we started the short, sharp shock treatment. You cause trouble, bang, off the street, night court, prison. Simple as that. You know, I'm terribly sorry. I'm not going to entertain any idea. We saw what you were doing, and that's it. Sue says, I love you to bits. I was sorry to hear that you weren't well the other day. I waited till you came back and, back and then had to go out. I know. It was, it was not a great day, actually. Not, not one of my better days, it has to be said. I've been ill before, but thankfully I had my... Uh, my little jelly beans upstairs in the cupboard. That kind of worked an absolute treat. Andrew said, I was very impressed this morning with you and Christo. Great that he came back and took over the show for a while. I sympathise. I've been insulin-dependent diabetic for almost 40 years, with four collapses in the last 18 months. Fortunately, all sorted out. I've always been surprised by hearing what you eat. Cakes, porridge. If I have half a slice of toast too much in the morning, the sugar knocks me out. He says, bet you'll be glad to get to bed tonight. Hypos almost knocked me out until the daytime. He says, uh, remember to thank Christo. Oh, he's been thanked in more than one way, Andrew. He says, I like the way the LBC staff seem to like each other and stick together. Well, as somebody will tell you around here, you don't really have much choice. If the, if the presenter goes ill, in the same way as if Andrew Pierce came in and went ill, I would, sit, I would carry on. Because that, that's, that's what you do. It's, it, it's not even a case of helping each other out. It's, it's for the good of the station. You just, you just wouldn't sort of leave it and, uh, and wander away. You would, uh, you, would, you would stay there until something else was, uh, was happening. I've done it before. When Nick's been doing his OBs, I, I sit around in case the line goes down. Uh, now, many people have written to me after Monday's interview with Beverly Callard and her book. It's serialised today in the Daily Mirror. She was very honest, very, very honest. We've, we've done uh, Bev a couple of times on the programme before. And uh, so she came in. If you want to download it, if you go to the LBC podcast section and you can have a listen to it. She's very honest. It deals with depression, something which nobody knows anything about. It deals with, with all kinds of issues and how she's, uh, how she's sort of coped with things and how, she, and how Coronation Street have been. So if you want to download that, and I urge you to, go to the LBC website. I'm still not happy with many of you from Sunday. Because what we did on my Twitter page, we decided to take a picture of me and Jane in the studio. Darren took a picture. And we took a picture of the infamous coffee machine. And we took a picture of Carl and of Johnny. And all of a sudden, now either through some internet campaign or a concerted effort or the fact that Carl was clicking onto it every five minutes, they seemed to get more hits on their pictures than I got on my picture. Yeah, but they got something like 700 hits on there, whereas I only got 400. And apparently, at one point, the coffee machine was beating me. Darren took a picture of the infamous coffee machine, of which we talk about at length on the programme. 
And and that was getting more hits than me as well. So I walk in this morning and Carl's doing that. Still dining out on it, if you please. I said, well, it's probably because people know what I look like anyway. Although there are the pictures on the LBC website of all the contributors. You go to lbc.co.uk. It'll be good. Uh, Brave Rye Quartley will try to hide her pain tonight. She leads out the Ruby Girls on Britain's Got Talent. I don't even know the Ruby Girls are. I've obviously missed half these acts. All I'm stuck with is that blasted dog who turns up on everything. And I'd be glad to see the, glad to see the back of that. I'd be glad to see the back of David Platt. That's love cheat Jack P. Shepherd. You remember Jack P. Shepherd. This is the only bloke who appears to be allowed to wear his own clothes in Coronation Street. Because when he, when he walks off set, he looks exactly the same as the bloke on set. Which is all a little bit worrying. But you remember that he got 25-year-old promotion skill, Sammy Maluski, pregnant. Shepherd, 22, who plays bad lad David Platt, is trying to save his relationship with his long-term love, Lauren Shippey. So, in other words, he's got one long-term girlfriend, and now he's got this promotions girl. Uh, for that read, promotions girl. And uh, she's the kind of... We like a test. Tss, what is it? Mace. Tss, there you go. Thank you. And uh, she's there. She's typical promotions girl. Blonde. You see them at all the, the car shows. You see them on the streets handing out... No, we like one of these. What is it? Muesli. Thank you. You know, they're promotions girls. That's what they do. It's a case of they think it's classier than being page three. Then, of course, if promotions doesn't work out, they have to do page three anyway. So here's a picture of him looking sheepish and uh, walking out on the town, quite clearly with a photographer. Why don't you just get in a car and get out the other end? There is a way of avoiding the press. It's, it's, it's quite easy. It's not difficult to do. But uh, you're a rather silly little boy. 22, but unfortunately, brains in your trousers, like most people. Bit of a shame. And even Sue Carroll is saying this morning in the paper about Ronan Keating. She said, seriously, I've seen him and Yvonne, and they were trying to get out of... Um, Louis Walsh the other day. This is, you know, straight-talking Louis Walsh. So Peter Andre quite rightly asked, you know, what about Ronan Keating and Yvonne? And, and Louis goes, well, I think they're going to get back together. I, you know, I think they're, yeah, they're destined. Are they, and how are you? And, and I thought, well, I don't think they are. As Sue Carroll says, if you seriously think Ronan, my young man, writing some naff, silly love song is going to win somebody back, you're even more stupid than we thought you were in the first place for cheating on her. Uh, other stories to paper today. Here we go. It's a lovely picture of, my God, it's a bag lady. No, I beg your pardon, it's Denise Van Outen. Denise Van Outen out with Lee Mead, pushing a pram, shopping in North London. He's 28, she's 36. And, uh, no, I think that's OK. I like the idea that there's an age gap between people. He's pushing the pram and she looks like boo-boo-bee-doo. She's sort of like a little bit Betty Boop kind of thing with her hair tied up in plaits. A little bit worrying, but there you go. But apparently, uh, Denise is doing a Peru charity climb in September. For this read, Denise is doing a reality show in September. That's what they are now, and they do it under the guise of charity. What are we going to do? We're going to climb Kilimanjaro. Wow! Who's doing that one? Oh, I don't know, some fat bloke off the radio and, um, and a few other people in high heels. Gosh, is that really difficult? No, it's not, actually. They're going to be stopping in a field, and it's going to be wonderful. And it's just, it's like walking in a meadow. You know, they're not exactly going to be clinging. There's, there's no danger in it. There's no danger in any of these things because they wouldn't get the insurance. So what they do is, it's, if ever they, they say on a programme, this is Kilimanjaro, this is the most dangerous, you know, they're going to climb Everest. No, they're not. No, they're not. What they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing the tourist walk up the side, which is, as I say, a stroll in a meadow. 
That's all it is. Then, of course, they'll be helicoptered off, and they'll all be going, that was really good. How much did we get? That was really, really... Did you get more than I did? Really, really good, that was. And that's what it comes down to now. Mind you, if it raises money for charity, I, I, don't, I don't worry too much. I just wish they wouldn't make such a big deal about how difficult it is. Because let's face it, if Fat Boy Moyles can do it, anybody can bloom and do it. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it'd be the, the difference between me and Andrew Pierce. You know, Andrew Pierce could probably sort of run up Kilimanjaro. I could probably do a slow walk, moaning and puffing and wheezing all the way up like somebody on about 50 fags a day. You all seem to be quite unanimous. If the Queen asks for more money, give it to her. Because she generates more than she costs. And she happily gives over money. And she doesn't want it for herself because she's quite frugal. And for that, read tight. Because the royal family do recycle. You know, you don't find the Queen nipping into Primark, do you? Stocking up on a few outfits and getting stuff in for, for Philip. Nope. They make their outfits last. They take them off, they're washed, they're put back in again, and they're, they're all made ready for the next occasion. Not like the rest of us. We have to make up a bag and then we trot down the laundrette. She doesn't sit there going, Philip, Philip do you have a 50 pence for the dryer? You know, they don't have to do things like that. They've got people who do it for them. I've got people who do it for me as well, actually. But, uh, but they do it very well. And I do tend to get through a lot. Sometimes I get through two shirts a day. Sometimes. Pretty racy-pacy. You know. I like, and I like the idea that somebody does it because I think there are better things in life than ironing. And I, that's me, me again. That's my tummy again. I know. It's hopeless. You wait till this programme's in HD. It'll be even worse. Even worse. Another little girl, I'm afraid, savaged by a, a family bulldog. It's an American bulldog. It's not a banned breed. But what she did was, and I've had this before, she bent down to stroke it. And, of course, dogs, if they're all right if they're looking up at you. If you're on the same level, you're a threat. And so this dog, unfortunately, grabbed hold of her. She's five. Uh, she suffered severe face injuries and could be scarred for life. She bent down to kiss it on the nose. Now, I've said before, you, you really don't know how these animals react... Her, her, her stepfather also suffered, suffered injuries as he tried to, uh, to grapple with it. And they, they've said before, don't put your face near this dog's face because all of a sudden you're on the same and the dog's thinking, what the hell are you? They might have seen you standing up, but they don't know what you're like a bit further down. And uh, she had facial surgery. Uh, her condition is serious but stable. He's had this dog for about two years. He took it from a dog rescue service after it had been abused and burnt with cigarette ends. You have to ask yourself the question time and time again, what sort of people abuse animals? Why, why would somebody ever want to abuse a dog and burn it with cigarette ends? I'd string them up, I'm afraid. I would absolutely... I cannot understand in a million years why, why somebody did that. Uh, it was destroyed yesterday. You see, I mean, it's, it's a shame, really, that this poor dog suffered its entire life and then somebody does something to it and something, you know, triggers something inside or whatever and it ends up having to be destroyed. They did try it on tranquilizers, but it's so strong it didn't have any effect whatsoever. So it was destroyed the other night. It's awful, isn't it? I mean, you, do, you, you think the people who do these to animals, that's why I quite like it when I see the adverts on the television for a dog that sort of come in and then they work with it and eventually the dog gets back to being, you know, sort of what it's supposed to be, a happy dog, you know, within a, within a family environment or somebody who takes it out for walks. Not somebody who's going to abuse it every day. not surprised some of these dogs retaliate. It's LBC, it's Steve Allen, and it's Tuesday. <gasps> oh, no! What did he say? Oh, just... Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday. It's LBC 97.3. And it's Steve Allen with you until uh, 7. Rochelle's got an iPad, too. 
said, what's the name of that app to see the stars in the sky? I don't know, just click on to... Uh, anyway, it, it, if you go on to iTunes, it'll, it'll come up in all the different apps. It's very good, actually. Very, very good indeed. Um, there's... <laughs> I love councils who waste money. And here's a council forking out 850 quid a day. Not in London, in Lincolnshire, although I'm sure it's gone in London as well. And they've hired a guy for two days a week telling them how to cut costs. They need to save 100 million, so they're spending £850 a day to bring in a consultant telling them how to save money. I would have thought actually cut down the amount of people who work for the council. That used to be the joke around our way. How many people worked, worked for Richmond and Twickenham Council? Answer about half of them. The rest of them just hang around. I mean, it's, it's, it seems to be quite... A, once you become a councillor, you're there for life. It's, it's, it's easy-peasy. Uh, here's the Express today. Strange claim in the Express today. Now, the Express in the past have, um, have run campaigns saying that Princess Diana was killed by the establishment and that it was a cover-up. And thus fueling debates that went on, I think, from the moment she was killed in the car crash to this present day on, it was a cover-up. She was murdered. You know, it wasn't an accident. They've never managed to find the car in the tunnel. The French police, incompetent though they are, could never find this fear. Nobody knew about this. And also, a car crashes in a tunnel and she manages to die in it. And you think, I don't know, was it because the establishment didn't like her? Well, strangely enough, out today comes Michael Mansfield QC. Now, Michael Mansfield QC is very much respected in the business. He's been on LBC on numerous occasions, and he has said that he intends publishing an explosive diary to unmask those most closely involved with British landmine manufacturing. And he claims that she was murdered because she planned to expose Britain's role in the deadly arms trade. He told the Hay Festival in Powys in Wales, everyone remembers she raised the profile of the landmines. Everybody's aware that the British involvement in the arms trade, particularly landmines, uh, is and was a huge vested interest. It seems to me she'd planned various visits. She'd already been to Angola. She was going to Cambodia. A large number of landmines had been manufactured by the British. She claimed she had an explosive diary in which she was going to expose the people most closely involved in the British arms trade. Now, if this had been anybody else you'd have probably dismissed it and gone, well, listen, she died years and years ago, let's put it behind us. But I'm quite sure that there are stranger things in heaven and earth. And we know, for a fact, that Diana put a lot of people's noses out of joint, especially within the establishment. Again, I don't think she was a firm favourite with Prince Philip. I, mean, I don't think he likes any of them. He didn't like Sarah Ferguson. He doesn't like uh, Diana. I think because they came in and they changed the face of the royal family. I don't think in, in a good way, as far as Sarah Ferguson was concerned. I think Sarah Ferguson just came in and was a little bit of a, a buffoon, whereas Diana, unfortunately, became very popular very quickly because we're all desperate for Charles to get married and go, ooh, who's he going to marry? Is he going to be the girl out the three degrees? Is he going to marry uh, Kanga? You know, any of the other girlfriends that he had before? And the answer is no, because he could marry Diana and yet still have the affair that he'd been having for years. And so all of a sudden Diana became popular and around the world. People liked that fairy tale stuff. We liked, I mean, I love the royal family. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'd love to be a fly on the wall at Buckingham Palace. You can imagine at the breakfast table, the converse, I mean, I just can't imagine what they would talk about at the breakfast table. She's in the papers again. Another embarrassment. Oh, this time, she's had... She apparently had drink. I always thought the silly arse had drink. You know, you could just... I'd love to know what their conversations would be like. And every time a servant came in, would, would they stop talking about her? Text question this morning, having just told you that uh, apparently a lot of you are not having cooked breakfast now. I think because you've suddenly realised that even though breakfast is, is the meal of the day that you need to have to give you the energy for the rest of the day, 
So eating a bit of muesli or a yoghurt or something like that is quite good for you. A bit of juice. Not a huge amount of juice. Uh, I wonder really whether any of you have a cooked breakfast. It's a, it's a yes or no. Yes for a cooked breakfast? No. And if you don't have a cooked breakfast, what do you eat? Because for years I went without eating anything for breakfast. I, n- I never bothered at all. Have a cup of coffee? Yes, is that right? Yes, I'm just a bit busy. Okay, just well, what are you doing? Look at this, look at this picture. Look, 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 look. Look at this picture here. Look, look, look. Of Sarah Ferguson. Look, now that's what she looks like without. This is. You know, oh, she's... she doesn't look too bad. Really? Oh. Yeah. I'll take the glass off. Oh, no, she looks fantastic. She's all blurry I now. Fantastic. No, okay, she doesn't bad. look fantastic. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, if you, if you get a minute, you know. Um, <laughs> Phil says too much potassium can affect the conductivity of your heart. Well, I must recommend the producer eats lots of potassium. It can apparently put you into an irregular rhythm. She knows all about that. And it can make you collapse. I've seen her dancing. She's a bit like, you know, Robbie Williams, a bit all over the place. You know, it's like that. There's no... Yeah, right. You're a break dancer. You're not a break dancer. Yeah. Anyway, Phil as a paramedic says uh, too much... I don't know, what, what is too much potassium? I don't know. This isn't the coconut water. Kate says, glad you're better. Was it a ploy to get out of being on air for three hours, not two? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, not at all. Alan in Brentwood. He says, me and my mum were very worried about you. I was quite worried about myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> and Richard says, I'm glad you've stopped the Diet Coke, which contains aspartame, and not a good option for diabetics. Do you know, strangely enough, I opened the fridge the other day. Funny you should mention Diet Coke. And, and in the bottom, um, when I keep my insulin, I keep it you know, sort of stacked up. So I've got to go to the goods to the chemist today. I've just realised I'm, I'm down to about three, three little things in my tablets, and I need to get some more needles. Why am I telling you this? Because I need to go to the chemist, because they're very good. You've got to have a good relationship. And I lifted up the, the insulin. What's underneath? A six-pack of Diet Coke. Isn't that funny? That I was only thinking, but I've, I've now gone on to coconut water, and coconut water is, like, really good for you, because if it's good enough for Madonna, it's good enough for Steve Allen. And, uh, although, frankly, I mean, I don't want to end up looking like her. Not, not just yet. LBC 97.3 Morning! <laughs> 17 minutes past six. Apparently, now where did I hear this the other day? Oh, they were doing a thing on your favourite films of all time. Favourite family films. And uh, I think they did the top 100. And I wished I'd I'd seen the whole list. Because I wanted to know if Pollyanna was in there or if The Amazing Mr Blunden. What was was the number one film of all time? The number one family film of all time was E.T. And it's the only film I've ever seen where, at the end of the film, the audience applauded. And the only time I've ever seen or heard, heard applause at a film is when I've been to a royal premiere. And they, they clap when, I think, we saw Steel Magnolias and Diana came in and everything else. Oh, sorry, did I m- mention the fact that I'm a very close friend with Diana? And uh, she used to listen to this programme all the time. Anyway, so, because she liked a good old bit of gossip. And E.T., everybody clapped. And it was, it was really lovely. But strangely enough... They had a clip from Mary Poppins, which I think was the number three or two film. And they were saying that Julie Andrews apparently swears like a trooper. Now, I'd heard this from somebody else, because Julie's image, of course, throughout most of her career was, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps. And so it's, it's that saccharine sweet image. And you never expect her to swear. But apparently she swears Good and proper. She also had this habit of pinching people's bottoms and things like that. And then, of course, the, the, the camera would go on and immediately there she was, you know, early each day. You know, and people think, oh, my God, isn't it absolutely wonderful? I remember thinking, every time I look at Julie Andrews now, when she made the film, whatever it was, was it 10? I think she did 10 with Bo Derek or somebody did it. And she went topless. And I was horrified. 
together with the rest of the Julie Andrews fan club going, Julie Andrews goes topless. No, no, it's not possible. But I, I wonder if anybody remembers that programme from the television the other day. Did, did they actually have Pollyanna in there as a good family film? Did they have uh, The Amazing Mr Blunden? Because they were good family films, because they must sit down in an office and start trying to compile a list. Um, Fergie couldn't have bought the publicity she's had. Could she, says D. I smell a rat, or at least a very small mouse. Haven't heard anything of her, and now she's on Oprah. Did your cleaner get his van back, says Jan, from South Norwood? No, this is poor Mr Vizzino, who was going to come and do the cleaning the other day, and, and he phoned me in a dreadful state, because he'd been out at Sutton, and he was uh, doing some gardening out there, and then um, he, he went back to his van, and it had gone. Somebody had stolen his van. I wouldn't mind. This is an old post office van in grey. I mean, it really, it's an old van. Why you'd want to put, What they obviously did was pinch it for the things inside. He just wants the van back. The stuff inside is insured. It's just... It's an inconvenience. And you just think to yourself, now, do you know, people would steal anything. They'll steal somebody's living. They'll absolutely steal somebody's living. So if you see his van, it's, it's going to be around the Sutton area. It's a, it's a grey van. And it's got a registration of P828... H-J-W. If you see it, you just, just tell the police. He'd just be grateful to get his van back. Because he's, he's just a hard-working man. He just wants to go about his business and do his cleaning and his gardening and stuff like that. And he can't. Because some tow rag took it. Drives me mad, honestly. Why do people do these things? So, no, he hasn't got it back. I see that poor old Lembit Opic, otherwise known as Out You Go, Silly Boy. Oh, we are the cheeky girl. Out! Out! Thank you very much indeed. He's now turning his hand to comedy. And he's had a 30-date tour lined up. I've seen other people, actually, who've had 30-date tours lined up, but have sold no tickets at all. So what they're going to do, they're doing a reality show on his stand-up tour. There's no end to the buffoonery of this stupid man. And so they're going to follow him about. Well, I can guarantee that half this tour will not... Who in their right mind would pay money to see Lembit Opic? I mean, does he? perhaps he doesn't understand that people are, are laughing at him. They're not laughing with him. But he says, I have made lots of uh, speeches. And he said, uh, I've done more than 800 after dinner speeches in 20 years, which is a form of stand-up. No, that's people who are eating their dinner. That's people who are eating dinner and they go, and we've got Lembit open. You go, eat faster, eat faster. Quick, get the, get the dessert in. We don't want to suffer with this. And so he's going on tour where people have to pay to see you. I suspect that most of it will be cancelled, Lembit. I don't want to make a prediction now, but I'm very, very rarely wrong. Cliff Richards got in a bit of trouble. Members of the fan club have complained. Because you know that Cliff has a little industry uh, with official merchandise. And the official merchandise is things like T-shirts, mugs, pens, key rings, signed calendars, four types of perfume, a miniature gold jukebox and an embroidered ski hat. But I know, I know, don't ask. But there have been rumblings over the price of his teddy, which can cost up to £200. And people had, had written back saying, this is outrageous, £200. It's, it's called, it's, I suppose it's called, in, 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 in the real world, milking it. You know, if you're a fan of Cliff Richard, you're going to sell as many things as you can because that, that forms your income. But he says, and he, he actually responded on the website, with regard to the teddy bears, it should be recognised. They're not cuddly toys. They are collector bears. And serious collectors will expect to pay the asking price for this top quality product. His jewellery... Includes, uh, includes a, a Bee in My Heart silver bracelet for £56, a mistletoe and wine pendant for £45. 
and a butterfly kiss earring for £35. He also has uh, long-sold wine, made at his Portuguese vineyard. You remember, of course, it's absolutely awful, because he w- <laughs> they made him test it on television, but they didn't tell him it was his. They did it on television. And and he says, this is horrible. They went, it's yours! <laughs> and uh, he's also, uh, to mark his forthcoming birthday, two packs of sparkling rosé, 17 quid. So, uh, get saving for Cliff Richard. I think, I think two bottles of sparkling rosé for £17. Comes in a box, which is nice, isn't it? But also, I think he does the Miss You Nights perfume. In other words, you go, and you go, I'm not going to miss you nights. <laughs> which is good. Uh, Phil says, I have cereal for breakfast weekdays and cook breakfast at the weekend. Aha. Aha. Interesting. And uh, Bill says, cook breakfast once a week, all grilled, just toast the rest of the week. Yeah. Now, you see the toast thing. What do you have on the toast? Do you have spread or do you have butter and then something on the top of it? Because I'm thinking... See, I, I quite like toast, but I, I, see, I like peanut butter. And I kind of think it defeats the object. If you put butter on toast and then peanut butter, it's like crumpets. I love crumpet. I love crumpets. It reminds me years ago we used to toast them in front of the fire. Not ours. We used to set fire to the house next door and just sit there toasting crumpets. And, and peanut butter, and it just drizzles through. But it's really bad for... I'm told that crumpets are really bad. With peanut butter and butter, even worse. So I've had to knock that out. But, it, but it's so good. I mean, I just love it. And then I thought the other day I'll be healthy and I'll buy Rivita. So I bought a packet of Rivita and I'm looking at it thinking it's as boring as I thought it was. But they do all sorts of... You know, Rivita with pumpkin seeds. I mean, I'm turned into some sort of crackpot vegetarian now. I'm starting to look at all these things. Whereas really I want the bread rolls with butter and peanut butter in there. And then yum, 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 yum. Steve, I'm listening to you on the train from Glasgow to Euston. And just as you mentioned about eating breakfast, I was taking my first forkful of bacon with egg. Thanks for confirming to me breakfast is the main meal of the day. And now feel, don't, I don't feel so bad for eating a full English. God, see? I mean, I suppose it does say, if you're eating on a train, I like eating on a train. I like the idea. They all say the best way to get a seat on a train, book, book the restaurant car. Book yourself in, because then you get, like, a first-class seat and just eat very slowly. La, 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 la. You, know, you can make a whole sausage last the journey. It's good. I'd have a cook breakfast if I had a cook, says D, and I'd love to hear Julie Andrews swear. I'd love to hear a very rude version of The Hills Were Alive. Can <laughs> you imagine? But, um, Martin says, being the clever man you are, could you tell me what the purpose of all the coloured elephants is around central London? Colour What coloured elephants? Coloured elephants in central London? Can't believe it. You're, you're drinking, aren't you, Martin? Quite clear. I've never seen any coloured elephants in London. Ridiculous. 84850, uk. Um, Steve, would you fancy presenting the Eurovision Song Contest? Not really. Don't think so. I would be particularly good at it, it has to be said. I would be good at it. I would be good at that. Yep, I would like, I would fancy presenting that. I don't often sort of say there'd be a job I like doing, but it could be quite good. Paul in Manchester says, you mentioned high definition earlier on. The Manchester Evening News ran a two-page spread the other day as Coronation Street is now being made in HD. They've actually rebuilt three quarters of the set because on doing test recordings, most of it no longer looked real. They've remade the credits, including replacing the cat... Poor Bev can't even wear the jewellery anymore. But did you see David Dickinson? Ten minutes, switched off. May watch Peter Andrex, but please promise me he isn't wearing his little white pants. No, but he's wearing his shirt slashed open to the navel. It's a little bit sad in a 37-year-old man. Have you noticed something about 37-year-olds? It's like Sarah Ferguson at 50 is the most infantile person you'll ever meet. Peter Andre at 37 behaves like he's 18. Maria says... 
That lady who makes her dog dance is cruel. Dogs are born with four legs. They should be kept on the ground. They don't, though, do they? Dogs will do anything for a treat. You give them a treat, you go, come on, come on. And we all, come on, how many times have you done it? Sit, beg, paw. I've seen it done a million times. And that's the first thing I do with a dog. First thing I do. Uh, I say, come on, sit. Okay. Paw. And they hold their paw. It's an automatic thing, because they know, hold the, hold the paw up, they're going to do it. I mean, I have to be honest, I think it puts a strain on them. And there's a horrible feature in one of the papers today. It might be the Express on bears in China. How they're kept in these little cages and they milk them for their bile. And in fact, to stop the bears moving, they almost put in uh, iron mask type things. And they've got a tube, a catheter fixed permanently into them. They cannot move in these cages and they just milk them for the bile. And in the, there is an organisation that goes to rescue these bears. They rescued, I think, last year 170 bears and, and taken them back to this big grass place where they live, like a, you know, sort of a, I don't know, like a, like a zoo type thing, where they can actually walk about and mix with other bears and do what bears are supposed to do. Maria says you can get glucose tablets from Boots to keep with you. Thank you. And if a child approaches my dog, I always stop them and say... Uh, and ask them to, to ask mummy and daddy if you can touch a dog. Because you shouldn't just go up to somebody else's dog. You don't know what, what they're like. Some dogs like children. You see it on the RSPC ads. You know, this dog here, don't, you know, don't have if you've got children. Because they don't like young children. She says, uh, and then put their hand under her chin, not on top of her head. So she can see where the affection is coming from. Because you put a hand on a dog's head. If it's one of those sort of dogs, there's something going on. They don't know what's going on above them. So just be careful. This is in the light of that... Um, Little five-year-old who was uh, who was massacred, not massacred, was, uh, who had her face chomped off by this dog. I mean, whatever it is, it's it's absolutely dreadful. So just be careful. LBC ninety-seven point three. Twenty-six minutes to seven. We'll have a chat to Darren in a moment. But uh, in the subject of racing, Sam. Oh yeah. Uh, now uh, Alex says I'm going to make Sam work for a change. <laughs> They're off to Fosslass in deepest Wales to see our horse run. Good. As we'll be driving back overnight, I will not be able to give everybody the results, so Sam will need to do some homework. Oh. Uh, oh, look at this. Oh. God, blimey. Not difficult. He says, if you can't be bothered... Uh, sorry, if you can be bothered. I'm also giving you a tip for Wednesday, so you'll have to remember that one as well. Oh, OK. OK, you manage this? Mm-hmm. OK, so the other day, you had all action. Right. Fourth. Of course it was. Yep. Mind you, he had scruffy skip... Yeah. Seventh out of eight. So you both lost two pounds. He's still in profit of twelve fifty five. You're now forty four forty four. Well Yeah. I, there's nothing else to say, is there? Really? There's not, not. A, well I, I mean just an apology would be nice. What do you mean apology? Well it, well an apology for not picking winners. Yeah, but it's gonna it's all gonna turn around. It's just a, it's I well, told when? you when well, I don't know exactly, but it's well, all part of the plan. We're just gonna gonna rack it up, rack it up, and suddenly a couple of big wins will be back on our feet. Yeah. Hey, the sun will be out tomorrow. I'm gonna start singing in a minute. <laughs> no, the sun'll come up tomorrow. That's the one. That was on the television the other day. It's amazing how often this uh, this tip turns into a singing contest. It it is, isn't it? And I've discovered actually we're not bad. <laughs> we're not. We're not bad as we're harmonies bad go. I've heard worse. I tell you what, there's a there's a career there for us, maybe. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. No, <laughs> I don't. I mean, only as much as Stacey Solomon's got a career, you know. Well, that'll do me. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, right. So uh, today, Yarmouth. Mm -hmm. well, they had dreadful weather the other day. People were sitting on donkeys. It was awful. <laughs> and, oh, very um, funny. I thank you. Talk about my horses. No, no, no. Anne of Kiev. I chicken Kiev last night, actually. <laughs> That's fascinating. And sprouts. And sprouts. Sprouts and sweet corn. Do you have them dry or do you have something on them? Do you have a bit of sprouts, gravy on no, them? no, I have them dry. Ooh. I mean, I, I, don't, just... I don't mind a sprout, but you want a bit of gravy on them. No, no, no. No, not with chicken Kiev. Well, exactly, but I mean, you can't have a dry sprout. 
Can you not? Yeah, some Is sort that of... a pea? Like, <laughs> Dry <yeah>. sprouts. <laughs> I just thought that one then, actually. I amused myself on this programme. I said it's all it's about, isn't it? It is. It's just amusing me. As long as you're laughing. Yeah, as long as I'm happy. You know, I mean, I always think if you turn on the radio and somebody's having a little chuckle to themselves, you call the police. Um, so, <laughs> Anne of Kiev, win only. Yeah. What are you going for? Well, we are uh, <laughs> four race meetings, I should say. Uh, Foss Lass is one of them, Leicester Redcar and Yarmouth as well. We're also going to Yarmouth, the uh, 5.45, and Margot did. Sorry? Margot did. Margot did? Yeah, hopefully. Oh, hopefully, right. hopefully she will again. Well, she'd be nice. <laughs> be nice if, if she did. Fantastic. So I've, I've also got, got the tip for tomorrow as well. OK. So I'll, I'll give this to Phil Blacker. That's probably the best thing. And then he can maybe put it up on the website if he can see through his eyes today. You know, just... I think he's all right, actually. Is he all right? Yeah, he, was, he, didn't want it to, he didn't want it to end. He was, uh, he was ready to continue. But yeah. I, think, uh, I think they stepped in and said, look, you know, maybe yeah. that's enough. Yes. But, uh, you know, three rounds, you, you got to the last round. Exactly. Not, uh, it was only six minutes out of your life. He was knocked down. And he I earned don't a forget. fortune. I mean, really, I heard he went away with more money than old, old Fergie handbag. I tell you what, I was surprised he was in this morning and I got a racing tip. I thought he might have been off in the Seychelles or something. No, no, he's, he's a trooper. Of course he is. He's a trooper. Next year, I'll put, I put you up for it. Could you imagine? Yeah. No. Could you imagine? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my. I'm only doing it just to see you in a pair of shorts. I'm, I'm terrified. Because I'm not totally convinced they it. make them in your size. <laughs> well, I can tell you they don't. They don't. Okay, fine. Well, we'll see tomorrow how, how we get on. Yeah. And fingers crossed that it's, uh, you know, it's quite good. Anything to, uh, to take attention off the amount of money I'm losing. Absolutely. Bless your heart, though. Thank you, Steve. Nice to talk to you. There you go. That's, uh... So showbiz here, isn't it? 23 minutes to, uh, to seven. Uh, Rob says, we saw the elephants yesterday. Daughter asked us why they were there, so we Googled it. It's by an artist who's raising money for the conservation of Asian era of elephants. There are 250 of them scattered around London. You can buy them when it's all finished. You can buy the small versions in the shop. They've got a shop in Selfridges and then in the bottom of Regent Street, just by Piccadilly Circus, opposite Eros, just you go up a little bit, near where the Café Royal used to be, just there, and they do all the elephants. And then they're going to auction off the big ones. Although, where are you going to put it? I've got no idea. I'm going to send one round to the producer's house. I've decided I'm going to buy the most awful, gory one and just send it round. There we go. Happy birthday. It's a present. You'd love that, wouldn't you? can share the flat with you. That'll be nice. Uh, Darren's back with us, because it's Tuesday. Morning to you. Good Lord, you sound awake. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was lovely yesterday. Not. Dreadful weather. It was all right. Yeah. It was, it was oh, quite... oh. yeah, I went to the uh, Museum of London yesterday. Highly recommended. Ah, because they have all their new galleries, don't they? They do. They've just opened the um, the twentieth century gallery, um, which is extremely well done. Twenty million quid they've spent on it. Good God! But it when, as you go in, it starts about two thousand, actually two hundred thousand BC, I think. Actually, yeah. not two thousand, and takes you all the way up to the modern day time. And I actually found the the more recent ones very interesting. They've right. restored the uh, Victorian shopping. Street. Do you remember that one? Yes. Where you go and look in the little sweet shop yep. and the bank. Oh, I love that. Love that. Yes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, there's quite a lot on the suffragette movement as well now they've put in. A nice little video of uh, London in the 1930s that you can see and watch the last about three or four minutes and all the sights of London, like, um, Piccadilly Circus and London Zoo and, uh, not Leicester Square, sadly. No. But your building wouldn't have been there then. I d- well, I think it would have been, yes. Not in the 30s. Uh, the modern well, building. Oh, not not the modern building, no, but it, it was two yeah. two townhouses. That's very true. They used to, uh, one of the people who used to buy bodies. <laughs> Still 
care. It's, I was going to say, it's not changed at all. You can still buy bodies here. <laughs> you can pop into Global and buy a body. And exactly. uh, they, they used to deliver them to the back door, apparently. So people tell me, whether or not it was a, uh, one of those stories that people made up. I'll buy anything around. And now they just drop the producers off there. Pretty yes, good. exactly. Mm. But you, it was in, in the days when they had to do medical research and they didn't, they couldn't do it any other way apart from digging up fresh bodies. Yeah, it's good bodies actually. As you go into the beginning of it, so the two hundred thousand years ago, mm. there's the um, the fossils and the, the bones of the hippopotamus they found in Trafalgar Square. Oh yes, yes, I've forgotten that. about that. Yes, yeah, and the mammoth as well. Somebody climbed over the railings in uh, Leicester Square this morning. I, started, I was looking out the window, and somebody climbed over the railings, started wandering through. Another drunk, I think. I'm surprised oh. the police weren't rushing around there. That was definitely the producer. Definitely the producer. Yes, going in there yeah. to look. I think she'd thrown an earring away last week or something. She was hoping to find <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, the Museum of London is free, so it's a great one to take the kids to. But my advice is get there early. Yes. Because the galleries are new, by lunchtime it's packed, so get there early. Right. When are they, just quickly on the subject of the elephants, when are they auctioning off the elephants? No idea. Yeah. Are they, are they, why don't they just leave them here all year? I see no reason why they shouldn't stay there. Imagine the state they'll be in. Well, well, so far they seem to be all right, they seem to have survived. I think people yeah, like them. They do, but actually very true. Yeah. Shall we do, what should we do next year? The, um... Giraffes. Giraffes. <laughs> well, like... Yeah, see, giraffes are quite good because I think that you can have different sized giraffes and families yeah, in so gold and climb up on them. And well, nobody's off. climbed onto an elephant, as far as that. Um, I wish we not mentioned it because now people think, "Oh, let's go and climb on an elephant." Exactly. I love them. Okay, thanks very much indeed. Pleasure. So, Museum of London. In fact, all the uh, all the museums, good value. Go to. Somebody was asking the other day for children. Should we go to the V&A? And I said no. Not the V&A for children. Not at five years old. Go and do the science museum, and then go round the corner to the uh, Natural History Museum. Which would Good be idea. absolutely ideal. OK, we'll talk to you on Sunday, but you're with uh, Petri on Friday. Indeed, at 8 o'clock. OK. Delighted to report that the pictures are still doing well on Twitter. Thank you. I was reminded by Carl when he came in this morning just how many people had logged on, had a look at a picture of him and Johnny. Still, is the hand gel more popular than you still? The hand gel is possibly more, more important than I am, but the coffee machine definitely is more important. <laughs> <laughs> which I find quite... Well. We talk about the coffee machine... You know, almost to the point of boredom some days. But uh, it's now got its own page on Twitter, and you can have a look at a picture of it. Yeah, if you go to twist.com forward slash deep and show. It's there. Lovely. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Take care. Bye. It's it's very overcast day today, I'm afraid, for a Tuesday, if you're going back to work. Uh, Mark says, uh, read the elephants. There's one right outside the studio. (laughs) No, that's the producer. Not an elephant. Oh, opposite the LBC front door. Yeah. And Sarah says there's a blue elephant on the Fulham Road. I think there is actually a very famous Thai restaurant called the Blue Elephant, because I went there with Barbara, and did we go with Scott? I can't remember, actually. I think we did. Where you, you go in this restaurant, and you cross over a little bridge, there's a little stream that runs through it. And you cross, it was quite nice, but frankly, the sound of running water during a meal kind of just makes me want to go to toilet all the time. It's not, not very good at all. <laughs> but uh, we had a nice time there. But there's, there's elephants all over the place, and she says thank you for a fab Beverly Callard interview. You can actually... Download it from the LBC website. It's there to download. You should download it, actually. I keep saying it's one of my better ones, but I say that every week about them, I'm afraid. Uh, Bridget loves the fullness of a full English. Mm. And uh, Steve says, if you put a hand under a dog's chin, they think their boss, on top of their head, shows authority over them. Any decent trainer will tell you that. And that's why we, we've said before, don't just go up to, uh, to a strange dog, uh, especially if you've got children, and start, start patting it because it, it just doesn't work like that. And, in fact, Pat says the same. No child is allowed to touch or stroke us. 
The rules are that no dog can be trusted with children in some circumstances. So just check. Always ask the person, because you don't know, do you? You really don't know. Uh, thank you for that. Mark in Feltham says, read the painted elephants. There's 250 painted baby elephant sculptures raising awareness of the endangered Asian elephant, and it raises funds for WWF. Paul Reneeling says, you're much better looking than the coffee machine. <laughs> thank you. You're the only person who said that, I'm afraid, this morning. I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, oh, I happen to see the programme, Steve. When they were looking at the family films, the amazing Mr Blundell was 68. Should have been higher. Mr Blundell? But which one? We Three Kings from Orient Arm, my dears. God, such a good film. Such a good film. Made by the people who made The Railway Children, which is coming in to Waterloo Station. If, you, if your kids want to experience one of the... Fa- Daddy, my daddy. That, that film. Although, strangely enough, one of the, uh, one of the children was actually 20, but she was playing, I think, 12 or 13, and wasn't allowed to tell anybody she was 20. But they did that a lot, because in The Amazing Mr Blundell, it had P- Peter Sellers' uh, ex-wife, and she was about 30-something, but playing a, a 16-year-old. Because we, we did that a lot in, uh, in films. Gordon in Betchworth, morning, says, We have cooked breakfast most weekends, including kippers on a Sunday. The rest of the week, muesli. Thank goodness for long weekends. I couldn't eat a kipper if my life depended on it. I, abs- I could eat certain things at school... We used to have um, a haddock on during the week, and I grew up with the smell of haddock, and it was really good for you. And I, I told you ages ago, I, I bought haddock, I saw it in a supermarket, and it looked lovely, and, and I brought it home, and I took it out of the packet, and it had black skin on it, and I can't, it, underneath it, and somebody said, but they've all got that. Thought, oh, I, could, I threw it away. Because it looks so nice. If it didn't have that on it, you can poach it in milk, and it's, it's quite nice, apparently. Quarter to seven is the time. <laughs> With the headline, Sam Pittis. David Cameron's described Israel's interception of a Gaza-bound aid... Morning, every 13 minutes to uh, 7. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. You can have a look at the Twitter, which is lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen. And you can uh, have a look at the Twitter page of the picture of the coffee machine and a picture of the hand gel, both of which got bigger hits than the picture of Steve Allen. And Jane Milligan, I'm very depressed by this. But you'll have a picture of Jane Milligan up there shortly because all our contributors are on the, the page... And, uh, and the what? Are they? Oh, right, and they've, and they've answered questions, like, why are you here? What are you doing? There was, there was a question on, you know, where did you first meet Steve Allen? Some repeatable, some we put in the hands of solicitors. And, uh, and then, you know, what do you do when you're not here? So you learn a bit about them at the same time. And, uh, and there's a secret. They've all got a secret. Unfortunately, I know more secrets about them than they're, they're willing to tell you. So check them out on the LBC website, OK? Pauline says it's porridge and honey for me or blueberries and yoghurt on hot summer days. This is for breakfast. I cook a breakfast every day for my 14-year-old son unless it's school holidays when I have a break from the routine. I have to be inventive, she says. He doesn't want the same choices to appear every day. You're not running a cafe, are you, or something? You see, I think at 14, make your own breakfast. Just don't touch the hot oil. Give them, t- give them toast. I like the idea of having to be inventive for a 14-year-old. Paul says, oh, the film with Julie Andrews topless was Victor Victoria. No, definitely not. She wasn't topless in Victor Victoria. No, definitely not. Victor Victoria was a story of the woman playing a man who was, wanted to be a woman or something. It was drag, wasn't it? No, she never went topless. I made me feel quite queasy this morning, talking about Julie Andrews topless. Uh, By the way, do you still do cranberry juice? No. My dad did. Up until recently, he was told it was good for him. He's now 80. Had a bad hypo the other week and was told to stop taking it. So we now have Lucasade and jelly beans on hand. See, I can't do, I can't do um, cranberry juice. Somebody says, oh, it's good. All these things they say, oh, it's good for you. 
And then the next bit they go, of course, not too much of it. So before you know where you are, it's, it's, it's not good for you. I most people do cramp. Don't they stick vodka in it? They just don't do cranberry. But the, the reason we were talking about the coconut water is because there's nothing else in it. They just cut the top off the coconut and you drink the stuff. If you look at all the ingredients on these things, so some of them just aren't as pure as they should be. And I think what happens is you get an advertising campaign. They go, oh, this is the latest thing, you know. Steve Allen only eats farm fresh eggs. And immediately the sale of farm fresh eggs goes through the roof because people think, well, if you can sound that cheerful at that time of the morning, we'll all eat farm fresh eggs. Uh, regarding the uh, caller's inquiry about the painted elephants in London, there are indeed painted elephants in central London. There are 258 of them. It's the largest public art event. It's to raise awareness and raise funds to help protect the endangered Asian elephant. There are a few painted elephants in Leicester Square, Trafalgar Square, St James's Park. St James's Park, I think, has got the most. There's a whole avenue, a whole avenue of, um, of these, uh, these lovely elephants, which is good. Are you one of these people, if, if you've got a case going through at the moment to get compensation because your car has fallen in a pothole, no chance. Apparently, out of every nine drivers who made a claim last year, only one got a payout. A Freedom of Information request revealed that of the 382 claims for compensation, only 40 were successful. Because you know people now sit there and go, how can I get some money? Oh, I've tripped over a pavement. Oh, right to the council. And, there are, and now you've got the ambulance chasers on the television. You know, call this number now, and if you've, if you've been missold this, or you've done this or that, then, you know, come to us and we'll sort it out for you. Where was the... Uh, the most potholes on the M1, apparently. The 56-mile M56 had 31 claims, of which 12 were successful. Oh. Not very good, is it? Another picture of Robbie Williams looking as miserable as sin. I love the way the girlfriend trails behind wearing the dark glasses, like she's the famous one. You know, he's actually the mo most famous one, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, more on these poor bears in cages that are being freed now. Uh, ten lucky bears. 276 bears they, they've saved so far. Oh, I like this girl here. This is a girl called Jasmine Harmon. She's the presenter of A Place in the Sun. I like her, actually. She seems to be... And, unless they start... Because once they start overusing all these presenters, you know, I'm not, I'm not over keen. But they're talking here about uh, our love letters, a competition to reignite the art of correspondence. Because nobody writes, nobody writes letters anymore. People just pick up the phone or they send a text. Love you. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Nobody ever sits down and goes, do you know my love is like a red... And so they've got Bill Tidy. He won his wife, uh, Rosa, over. They celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Imagine Diane Bill from Twickenham. Probably used to write love letters. And uh, Lisa, Lisa Butcher has received many love letters. I'm not at all surprised, Lisa. And uh, Jasmine Harmon is married to a cameraman, John Boast. And uh, they also... Save all their love letters. She's got a bundle in the loft. And then that other exciting couple, TV presenter Wendy Turner-Webster and Gary Webster. Remember, they both declared themselves bankrupt a short while ago. Remember them? Wendy Turner-Webster, because her real name's Wendy Webster, but it doesn't quite the same as it were. were. And so she's Wendy Turner-Webster, because she's Anthea Turner's sister. In fact, actually, obviously seems to run in the family. You know, Anthea's had to downsize into a £6 million house. How my heart bleeds. But luckily the TV career is not really going anywhere at the moment. And Wendy Turner-Webster is on the television. They all do it, don't they? All these people who earn more money than you and I can shake a stick at declare themselves bankrupt because they haven't saved the money for the tax. We've seen it time and time again. Lorne Spicer, another one, sits there beaming at us from the television every morning, having made herself bankrupt because she couldn't be bothered, like the rest of us, to save the, um, to save the money. The film, incidentally, 
where Julie Andrews went topless, and I can barely bring myself to mention it this morning because I find it a bit horrendous. Because she then became Mary Popout, didn't she, uh, after she went topless, was SOB. Thank you, Phil. And, uh, and Gyro as well. There's actually somebody called Gyro in the Stern Age. Good Lord. Well, that was an old-fashioned word. Don't forget, Andrew Pierce with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. I think he's having an affair with Amanda Platel. They seem to be very close. They go out for dinner and everything. Probably hold hands. But uh, she's in to look at the papers today. If you can find something in the papers. I mean, I'm trying desperately, apart from uh, from Diana, how how to claim benefits in our bloated welfare system. And then we we discussed the other day, only because Christo had mentioned it the day before, on how much uh, Europe seemed to hate us. They never vote for anything in Eurovision, yet they're more than happy to come here and sponge off us, and we're happy to give them the money. But we don't really want... I don't know why... Why don't we just pull out Eurovision and not show it on the television? Is it, is it really worth doing? We haven't had a hit in ages. It doesn't, it doesn't make too much difference, I suppose. I didn't think we were going to win this year, did you? No, nobody thought that. Uh, Britain is bracing itself for a £2 billion World Cup spending splurge. All those, incidentally, the football hooligans who've had ASBOs against them, they have until tomorrow to surrender their passports to the police. Uh, otherwise, they'll be liable for arrest. Uh, Alex Reed, cage fighter, I don't think so. Well-known Patsy boy. I think stand up, fall down, Alex Reed has told uh, Peter Andre, you can come and visit me if you want to see Harvey. How sad. How sad. But at least he mentioned his son. And believe it or not, and here we go, Kelly Osborne. Now, we haven't had a quote from Kelly Osborne for, oh, gosh, simply ages. She has slammed critics who attacked her mum Sharon's weight gain. The star spoke out. Apparently, Kelly Osborne is a star, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, in the loosest possible uh, term. She spoke out after unflattering pictures of Sharon looking overweight and puffy-faced emerged last week. Loyal Kelly raged in Closer magazine. Wait for this. My mum's job has never relied on her appearance. Grow up, stupid girl. Duh, grow up. She's the one who's had more cosmetic surgery than anybody. Of course it is. She has her hair done all the time. Bit like you, Kelly. I don't know. Is it all your family who speak rubbish? She says people think they've got the right to comment on it. Of course they have. She she milks publicity. She absolutely courts it every single way, shape or form. She's out there. And, uh, and of course, we have a right to talk about it. Uh, thank you to Rob. Julie Andrews was topless in SOB. I knew we'd, we'd get it eventually. And Stephen Clapham, it starred Richard Mulligan and Robert Preston. Robert, Robert Preston, he did The Music Man, didn't he? He did The Music Man, I'm sure. Uh, the film was SOB, after which she was called Mary Popout, says uh, John. Thank you very much indeed. And, and even Warren says Julie Andrews went to- He'd know. Julie Andrews went topless in the comedy film SOB, I believe, directed by Blake Edwards. I think you're right. I think it was directed by Blake Edwards. I don't know. I just, I've never got over the shock, I'm afraid. Never got over the shock. And Gavin Henson is getting over his split from Charlotte Church by topping up his town on a lad's holiday. Apparently Gavin's a star now because he's filming a reality show, ladies and gentlemen. So expect more dreary people on the television, including him. And I love the way he's, he's, he's getting over the split by going on holiday with his mates. As if that really works. As if that really works. Uh, just about it for this morning. Uh, lots of uh, elephants by Cleopatra's Needle. Andrew saw those as well. Thank you, everybody, for telling me all about them. We know they're all out there. We know they're fantastic. Do go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. You can check out the podcasting, and you could check out loads of other things, including the photos, especially those on Twitter. 
which, as I say, if the coffee machine gets a bigger hit than I do, I'm really in trouble. Have yourself a great day. Don't forget, it is Tuesday, shorter week, because we've had the bank holiday. You can always tell it's bank holiday, because the weather's rubbish. I'm back with you tomorrow morning, between five and seven. Andrew Pearce with you after the news at seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down six points at 